You're listening to What's Work Got to Do With It. Are you in a workplace where you sit a lot? Maybe you're hunched over right now in front of your computer. How often do you get up and move around? We know that getting exercise every day is important, but can we reduce how much we sit on the job? So what's work got to do with your sitting? Our guest today is Dr. Saurabh Thosar. Dr. Thosar has a bachelor's degree in occupational therapy, an MS in movement sciences, and a PhD in human performance physiology. He is a certified clinical exercise specialist and licensed occupational therapist. Dr. Thosar studies the interactions between sleep, circadian rhythms, and physical activity as they relate to cardiovascular diseases. So Saurabh, thank you so much for joining us today. We are excited to learn more about how prolonged sitting affects our health and how this plays out both at the workplace and in our daily lives. It seems like more and more jobs are requiring people to sit. Sitting has sort of become a hot topic and there was a recent article that went as far as saying sitting is a new smoking. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? So that's a very interesting way to look at it. Um, there are clear associations between sitting time and cancer, sitting time and heart disease, sitting time and diabetes, just like there are very clear associations between smoking and heart disease and smoking and cancer. What has not been done yet is, for instance, in the field of smoking, there have been experimental studies which have seen the harmful biochemical effects of sitting on on humans or on animals. The sedentary literature is not yet that developed. So we don't really understand well why these associations exist between sitting time and cancer or sitting time and heart disease. So to really understand mechanisms. Is sitting actually causing cancer or causing heart disease or is it just an association? Um, so that's a subtle difference, but it's important. Um, and those um, those things have to be actually ironed out before you can actually call sitting the new smoking, I think. But from a public health perspective, it's a great thing for a campaign because no one wants to have cancer. And if sitting is the new smoking, then I'm not gonna sit because it might give me cancer. It's a great punchline but I think scientifically more needs to be done to actually sort of validate yeah sort of validate yeah, the term that, that sitting is in smoking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the big takeaway from that we're realizing more and more is that sitting has become a public health issue and I don't think that people either in industry or organizations or even in science realize that that would become such an issue and so mm-hmm. like anything else like with smoking it would mm-hmm. take that much longer for the science to pick up on mm-hmm. it and hopefully we'll know some more mechanisms yeah but in the meantime it seems like sitting less is the immediate sort of intervention absolutely there. so there have been associations between you know many thousands of people and these are epidemiological studies. There is also experimental studies which show that short-term sitting is harmful for cardiovascular health, for metabolic health, etc. But those, um, whether your body adapts to short-term bouts of sitting is not known. So further long-term studies need to be done in an experimental design to test these associations. Right. I guess a follow-up question to that is that we know that we should be sitting less, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. is standing a really good substitute for sitting, or is it? Do we need to do more? Like, what about prolonged standing? Because that can become an issue, right? At right. Some point. So, yeah, there has been work on replacing sitting with standing, and there is some beneficial effects on on your arterial health. But these studies are limited in scope. I don't think there has been any study which has looked at standing and an experimental design looking at health effects on when you replace sitting by standing for like a month or something like that. It's better than sitting for sure. What experimental evidence has shown is that if you break your sitting time by doing light intensity activity, like walking to a water fountain or 
talking to a colleague instead of sending an email if the colleague is you know 100 feet away from you or going to the bathroom or just taking scheduled breaks every hour i think that helps a lot at least with functioning of your arteries and the cardiovascular system what happens with sitting is your skeletal muscles or your muscles are essentially inactive so there is a whatever glucose circulates in your body the muscles don't have to take it up and that increases the risk for diabetes and heart disease also. So if you break your sitting time by activity, your muscles are getting active and so they actually take up more glucose um, and help metabolism. It also helps your arteries, it helps blood flow. Simple things, essentially taking a break. There is also a study suggesting that fidgeting is also better than just sitting. So I guess any kind of movement which helps your muscle contraction is beneficial at this point. Absolutely. I think that's the that's the biggest realization, right? And I think with more and more companies realizing it, they're trying to integrate less sitting or breaks from sitting into their daily sort of like to have walking meetings or, you know, encouraging people to use the stairs, that sort of thing. And here at OHSU, we have the bike programs, the incentive program that you can get in terms of riding a bike. Some of the other research going on at the Institute, for example, is specifically on how to increase standing or taking breaks from sitting. And so Dr. Brad Ripley is looking at the effects of a program that would help employees use sit-stand desks or like, you know, pedals, basically having breaks to their sitting because mm-hmm. in their work in call centers, there's a lot of sitting and sitting on the phone. So we'll get to know how that study goes sometime yeah. from now. But all of those points that you made, I think are valid, valid takeaways. So you are an exercise physiologist, mm-hmm. correct? Could you tell our listeners what that means? Sure, Uh, so I study the physiological mechanisms underlying physical activity, and in my case, physical inactivity. The area of exercise physiology is really broad. It goes from really athletic research of performance in elite athletes to people who have cardiovascular metabolic disease and how do you develop exercise programs for someone who, for instance, has had a cardiac bypass surgery or an angiography. It really uh, encompasses a broad, broad spectrum from elite activity to disease. In my case, I am more interested in looking at the effects of or the physiological mechanisms of physical inactivity because I think that although it has been studied well recently in the last decade or so, exercise has been studied really well since the early 1990s. But inactivity and sitting, we've only started to study this recently. So I want to focus more on that in my line of work. That's great. Okay. And I think that's important because like you said, the science is just developing Mm -hmm. on that and it sounds like your work is going to have a lot more to illuminate on those mechanisms. I hope so. (laughs) That's the hope. (laughs) So you already gave us some recommendations as an exercise physiologist and Mm -hmm. just from your work and your experience. Are there any insights and recommendations you have? How can we sit less on our job? And you mentioned breaking down that sitting, Mm -hmm. sitting time. So is there a specific goal we should be aiming toward? So we did a study in 2014 where we saw that at least your functioning of your arteries drops down within the first hour of sitting or without moving though. So we had an experimental study where we didn't really let people move. You know, in normal circumstances, you might be moving a little bit even while you're sitting. And then we gave people breaks every 30 minutes. At 30 minutes on the hour, so 30 minutes, one hour, 30 minutes, two hour, 30 minutes. And we found that poor functioning of the arteries recovered when you have that break. So based on that evidence, I would say five minutes We give them five minutes, but I think three minutes or so every hour, at least for arterial functioning might be enough. More the merrier though, I think. Plus I think it might be helpful to just, you know, stand up and stretch and it takes less than a minute. If you have an office, then just walk in your office for a minute instead of emailing, um, 
go up flight of stairs and tell someone something if it's really basic things like that that's a really good point yeah it's it doesn't take a lot it doesn't no. take a lot to break those sitting cycles and also it's productive you know you you make more face to face contact because you're not sitting at your desk the whole time yeah. and it seems like only good things can come out of breaking yeah. those especially in a in a post prandial state so if you eat in eat an a meal if it's more in fat etc afterwards after a meal you could actually take 5 to 10 minute walking break or something like that which would also help metabolism and negate the harmful effects of subsequent sitting in our case we have generated a route which is we call the loop and after most days of the week another faculty member and i and some of our lab mates we go on this walk which is about 7 minutes it's really refreshing um, and i think it's really helpful Hey, so that's strategy too. Find a walking buddy and yeah. you can schedule. Our buddies. Our buddies even better more than many, right? <laughs> like you said. Okay. That's great. I think that is all we have, but we usually like to leave our listeners resources mm-hmm. that they can take back and to learn more mm-hmm. on the science and any mm-hmm. other information that they can take back on sitting and how to reduce it. So there is a there's a website, uh, there's a sedentary behavior research network, SBR or SBRN and that has a lot of resources a lot of experimental articles a lot of suggestions about how to break your sitting time etc there's also freely available information on the CDC's website there is a really good work from the Australian government so if you search for Australian government department of health they have done a lot on uh, recommendations for breaking sitting time etc more than it has happened in America so i see so those would be really good resources i think that's wonderful all right well Thank you so much for joining us. This Thank has been you fascinating. Me. You're listening to What's Work Got to Do With It, your go-to resource on all things workplace safety, health, and well-being. This has been an episode of our podcast series where we invite you into the conversation as we discuss how our workplace conditions like work hours, occupational stress, job safety, and other issues affect our lives at home and at work. We go into the science behind it all and talk about what we can do to reduce work-related risk and promote well-being. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is a production of the Oregon Institute of Occupational Health Sciences and is hosted and directed by Helen Shuckers, Sam Greenspan, and Anjali Ramishbabu. Our mission at the Oregon Institute of Occupational Health Sciences is to improve the lives of workers through biomedical and occupational research. Home to over 75 scientists and research staff, the Institute explores a range of questions related to the prevention of work-related injury and disease and promotion of health in the workplace. Do you have an idea for a podcast episode? We want to hear from you on important workplace issues that you would like to discuss. Email us at occhealthsci at ohsu.edu. Subscribe to the Organ in the Workplace blog or our social media channels at facebook.com slash or follow us on Twitter at ohsuochhealth to stay updated on current research, resources, news, and community events.